right, how's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And today we have a very special episode, don't we? Aw, yeah. We, we've talked about it a few times in past episodes. Uh, mainly one member <laughs> keeps bringing it up. That's right, baby. <laughs> the highly acclaimed movie winning multiple awards. Multiple years running. <laughs> Best movie of the year for 20, what, 14 and 2015? No, 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 no. See, this movie came out in 2015, and it was the best movie of 2015, and it was the best movie of 2016, because nothing came out in 2016 that was better than Mad Max Fury Road. And on top of my prestigious award for giving it best movie two years running it won six oscars at the 2005 academy awards what 2005 or 20 at the 2015 okay okay (laughs) (laughs) it wins two years in a row and it goes back in time and scoops the awards yeah and won 2005 but anyways we're we're doing a treat yourself thing here so we're all gonna treat ourselves for uh, Mad Max Fury Road, we are going to spoil this, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it, and then uh, come back, or just listen to us, and then watch it, or just listen, you know, whatever you want to do. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to say shame on you. <laughs> yeah, Fox. This was my first time seeing it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I already shamed <laughs> Fox for not seeing it. <laughs> so I'm going to shame you too, listener, if you haven't seen it. <laughs> no shame here. Dan just is very passionate about this movie. We've been gearing up to this one a while, I think. But uh, we talk about it a lot, like not on the podcast. And we, we have talked about it some on the podcast. And we're going to talk about it some more, so. Dan, give us the synopsis. Ah, yeah. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in search for her homeland. With the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshiper, and a drifter named Max. That is pretty much it, honestly. Or uh, the two-hour road trip. There and back, you know. There and back again. Yep. And this is directed by George Miller. This is the guy who did the original Mad Max movies. I do think it is worth noting that uh, currently Mad Max Fury Road is number 207 in the top uh, 250 rated movies on IMDb with an 8.1 out of 10. And on uh, Rotten Tomatoes as a 97% tomato meter and 85% audience score. So this is pretty pretty highly rated across the board. What what'd you guys think of it? Mad Max Fury Road. I know Terry and I have seen it. Uh, Terry, this is this your second viewing? This is my second since theaters. I saw it in theaters and then I did not watch it again till yesterday. So... I'm back in the saddle. This is my third time seeing this movie. Did Dan make you watch it the second time? Yep. It was at a a holiday viewing of it. Wait, this isn't our holiday movie category. Hold on. It was a holiday a couple of years ago or something. You got it for (laughs) Christmas. In 2015. Yeah. And we watched it then. Yeah, that was good stuff. Well, this was my first time, as we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah, this is the hot take we've been waiting for. 
It is. Yeah, I want to know. But I think I think this is my sixth or seventh time watching oh, it. God. Holy cow. <laughs> my man likes it. This guy's going there and back and back yeah. and back and back again, man. <laughs> I've, I've actually watched it twice this year now. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, I guess just to lay the groundwork, when we first saw it, if I remember correctly, me and Mike were pretty mint on it, and Dan loved it. I did. I was like, this is the best action movie I've ever seen, or one of them. So let's hear it, Fox. What's, what, what's your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, so I don't know if you guys, you know, I think, I mean, I know TV's seen Young Justice, you know, he was the one who turned me on to that. Ooh. This has a point, bear with me. <laughs> Robin has this line where he's like, why is everybody always overwhelmed or underwhelmed? Why can't you ever just be whelmed? And that's kind of how I feel here, I think. You know, I mean, I think I'm just whelmed, you know? I mean, underwhelming is obviously not how you would describe this, but this movie has been really hyped, and I, I would not say it was um, overwhelming necessarily. I was whelmed, I think. I mean, when we saw it, like, we had no expectations except, like, the critical reception was pretty good. Um, and then we go in there and we see it. And at least for me, I was like, just amazed at what I was seeing. We didn't have all the like discourse around it when we first saw it. Like Robert Rodriguez stood up and was like, how did you film this George Miller or all the critical reception and buzz that's been around this? Cause there was some controversy with like internet trolls and feminism around this too for whatever reason i will never get that but yeah there's been a lot of discourse around it so i'm not i'm not surprised by that reaction fox oh i get you yeah definitely i mean i, I do think it would have been pretty neat to see this in theaters or like at the imax i i do think that experience would be something else entirely that would be legit if I ever get to rent out an IMAX, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I think I liked it slightly better this time around. I'm still like not in love with it or anything, but I think I was able to appreciate it at least a little bit more. Um, just for what it is, just like the impressive, if only even for just like the the insane action and like stunt work that's involved in this movie. It's just crazy what they accomplish. Should we start out talking about all the stunt work and stuff in this? Yeah, might as well. So I watched all the special features this go around um for mad max and i can confirm that all vehicles used in the film are real and were created and filmed at high speeds all stunts in the film were real except they use cgi they cut out like rigging and wires and stuff um, all explosions in this film are real, including the awesome shot at the end where they flip the truck over the plug up the hole and then like the, I think they call it the doof wagon, <laughs> the doof wagon <laughs> crashes into it and like all the stuff flies off into the camera. That is all legit. That is not CGI'd. The only CGI stuff they added was the guitar like flinging out and coming back and then the the wheel like making the transition but everything in this is legit yeah that's crazy because like nowadays i feel like that's like just like well obviously we have to film the cgi how would you ever possibly film this in real life but like 
there it is right there in front of you. Like it's pretty crazy. Just like, yeah, them all driving around so fast. There's so many moving parts. Like it's just nuts. I, I still can't believe they pulled it off. Like I think the most, one of the most impressive scenes for me was when, um, they show up to deliver the gas to the, uh, guys on the motorcycles and then they start attacking them and they've got them all like leaping over the truck, throwing bombs and like sliding underneath the, the truck and throwing bombs and grabbing people. And then Max and Furios are just like standing up and popping people as they go over. And I was just like in awe of what I was witnessing in the movie, <laughs> in the theater. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen and it's legit it's so cool the motorbike stuff was rad whenever he does slide under it on the bike there like oh man <laughs> my fiance had gone off to the restroom at this point but she'd already seen it so we didn't pause it and he did it and I was like oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh! like it is rare to get an actual exclamation out of me <laughs> she came out and was like what the what are you doing out here? What's going on? <laughs> are you okay? It's <laughs> like, man, he just he slid under the bike. <laughs> Can confirm. One of the only other exclamations I've heard was from the Duke. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true, actually. <laughs> well, you see, point being, yeah. Verbal <laughs> <laughs> response. Just a, a growing moan from Fox watching that movie. <laughs> the true sound of dread. You know something's a big deal if Fox is making noises. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, and they're all like hanging on those sticks and stuff. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Them like those they like what are they? Like bamboo looking sticks? They're all bendy and they can just like <laughs> lean down onto cars. They and... remind me of pole vaulter poles with yeah. how like bendy they are. Yep. And they've got people like counterbalancing and stuff. Those were legit. Like the actors had to practice using them so that way it would look natural when they were doing them and they got tom hardy up on one of them too not just as stunt doubles so impressive <laughs> everything in here is legit except the dust storm but i mean i don't think anyone expe thought that was legit no <laughs> even yeah. though it looks amazing <laughs> <laughs> it does look cool though yeah, it is pretty crazy watching all the stunts. I did watch some stuff on YouTube about this a few years back because um, I was curious how they filmed it, too. And, uh, yeah, they just, like, drove out into the desert in Australia and uh, filmed, and then they'd drive back, and they'd do it again the next day, you know? Oh, it's cool that they filmed it on site in Australia. I didn't know that. That's nice. Good for them. I think they did some in Africa, too, if I'm not mistaken. They even, like, in the special features I watched for the bikers, they hired, like, the best, like, you know, stunt bikers who do do those competitions you see on TV and stuff. What are they called? The X Games? Oh, yeah. Something like that. They, they, they went and got, like, the best guys who did that to come and do the bike stunts for that part. So, and then when they were doing the pole stuff, they went and talked to like Cirque du Soleil or whatever. It's like they, they went and got like the best people to do pull off everything and it worked uh, perfectly. Yeah, it is neat. And I've got to say, that's my favorite part of this movie 
is just watching all the stunts and the stunt work and the the driving and that kind of stuff. That's definitely the best thing about this movie for me. Concur. It's all very well done. And I mean, the costume work is amazing for the characters and the cars. Oh, yeah. I love the cars. But this is a long movie and they do a lot of that stunt work in it. And I mean, it it is cool, but after a while, I kind of like, I'm like, it loses its charm and draw for me. And I'm just kind of seeing the same stuff over and over. Just these guys driving through the desert, um, doing the same stunts, climbing on cars and stuff. I don't know. It's just a very, very long chase sequence in this movie. And I mean, they stop a couple times, but I don't know. I feel like it was too long. In that regards, it is amazing stuff, but I just feel like they could have cut 30 minutes off of this. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I feel like it's a little almost exhausting. There's not really a lot of breathing time in this movie, which... It's high octane. Right, yeah, exactly, which is interesting. You know, I think that's cool, but also, like, it's, it is, like, it seems like it's really long, and it does kind of just, like, lose me a little bit after a while she's like okay you know like the the story isn't really that complicated like we could probably move things along a little bit quicker and maybe get this done in like an hour and a half i feel like yeah i agree and i mean the story really is not that great for me at all i i think it's pretty terrible honestly not the worst thing i mean it's but like they drive somewhere and then they drive back and they like skip over how they got through a bog that they got stuck in the first time. And I don't know, there's the weird stuff like Max keeps having these flashbacks to what? His family. There's the old movies, yeah. His wife and daughter died and the other people that he's let down in the past. It's dr- driving him crazy to where he's just a wild animal at the start of the film. Yeah, I get that, but I feel like it happens only when it conveniently needs to to add tension, and it just feels so weird when it happens every time. I don't like it when he's like running on top of the tanker, and all of a sudden it like zooms in on his daughter's face, and he's like freaking out. I don't know. I don't think Max's character was treated very good in this movie. This is like a Furiosa movie. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're right. And she's a cool character. And uh, Max is just kind of there. I don't know. It it feels weird. They're, they're two people who come together out of circumstances. They weren't meant to be there, but they've got to work together to overcome the odds and prevail. And they don't even like each other, but they've got to put that aside so that way they can both survive in this apocalyptic wasteland. And and you're right, yeah, this is Furiosa's movie. Max is basically, he's basically us looking in on what's going on with this family conflict going on in the one of the only oasises left in this wasteland, apparently. He, he's definitely not the main star of this, but I, I, I disagree that his character's treated badly, like, they make it pretty clear at the start that he's going through, he's in a very bad place mentally. And I mean, you can see that he's not talking. He's only grunting. He only talks when he absolutely has to. Um, he's having all those flashbacks that keep impeding him. But as he starts helping out Furiosa and the um, 
the wives for their escape. And he learns, hey, that's, I don't have to be a loner all the time. He stops having those flashbacks. It's only when he like starts being selfish or gets separated that those start coming back. And then by the end of it, he's changed a lot. And he's not, he's, you, you can't say he's the same as he was at the start of the film by any means. Yeah, he learns that running away from your problems isn't necessarily the best. And that's, you know, that's the reason they said, we should just go back and fix what we had. Like, that's the better option. But You gotta confront them head on. Well, this is the problem for me, right? Is that this isn't a reboot. This is a continuation of the franchise. So we've, like, already done all of this. It's just like a standalone story type thing. It says the fourth installation of the franchise here. What do you mean we've already done all this, though? I mean, we've already done all of this in the other movies. He's already met a strong female person and saved a group of refugees. At this point, he should be like wandering, mindless barbarian. But no! Instead, he's crying over women he barely knows that he's been driving around with for two days. And I wouldn't say he's crying. He, man, he was tearing up when she was wounded, and he's like, my... <gasps> hey... My name is Max. You can call me Max. That was at the end, after all the stuff they went through. He barely knows her. This is mad freaking Max, man. Yeah, but look at everything they've been through. We've already been through this. Like, Max is definitely tougher than tearing up for Furiosa, who he barely knows. He's so tough, he should never cry. Yep, That's sure, exactly whatever. what... I'm just saying if we're gonna... This is... We have an established character here. So, so I'm I'm pretty sure this comes direct from George Miller that this isn't meant to be like a sequel to the other 3 movies. This is just like a standalone thing that's happening in uh, just a standalone story that's happening in the Mad Max universe. And we're just seeing it through Max's viewpoint essentially. It, it, which I do admit is weird if you're a big fan of the franchise. Because this is not Max we're seeing here. This is like a reimagined different Max. That's what he wanted to do with this, essentially. He didn't want to make, like, Mad Max 4 or anything. He wanted it to be its own, its own thing. Because a lot of criticism about this, too, is, yeah, it's a remake of Mad Max 2 or whatever. And George Miller's like, well, yes, yeah, what I wanted to do back then, and now I can do it now, so uh, why not? I've only seen the first one, so I mean, I don't really know the character that well, I suppose, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm fine with them just doing whatever. I, I have never seen this before in Mad Max. The first one's a lot different than this, so, I mean, it feels fresh to me. To me, Max is like, he's always been almost like a Conan kind of character. He kind of is, yeah, in this. He's a wanderer that shows up who gets all choked up out of the blue. You're right. He should never have any emotional attachments ever again. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, that emotions are bad TV by any means. Like, if we're going to change the character, let's at least establish that it's like a different universe or something. Huh, okay. Then you don't get that brand name recognition. That's all important. Well, what brand name? I mean, they just... George Miller blatantly destroys the brand. Destroy oh, I would not say he destroys the brand. <laughs> he revitalized it, if anything, I would say. 
this last Batman Returns, right? We talk about major disrespect to the Batmobile, right? Max doesn't even drive the Interceptor in this movie. In fact, we get multiple scenes of the Interceptor just getting annihilated. He drives it for five seconds and then gets blown up. Yeah. That's brand right there, man. American muscle. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, speaking of Batman Returns, we complained a lot about Batman not really being the main character. And I mean... And I would once again <laughs> have the issue with this one. <laughs> I don't mind that, though. Like, I kind of like his role in this. It's... It's different. It's not what I expected, yeah. It's weird. It's one of those weird... You could make an argument that he's a dual protagonist. Well, I mean, he is a dual protagonist with Furiosa, but... but... You really have three. You have Furiosa, you have the Warboy, and you have Max. And Furiosa's the only one I really find interesting. You don't find Nux interesting? No. Each time I've watched this movie... I hate that character more each time I watch it. I don't like any of those war boys. Like, they, they, they're unnerving, okay? I don't like them. I get that that's the point, but I don't want to see this guy, like, as a main character in this. He, I don't know. Like, he was played fine. I don't know. He just feels like a really cringy character to me, and I get it that he's been brainwashed, and he's, like overcoming the brainwashing that he's had from uh, a Morton Joe and that if he dies he's not going to Valhalla um you just die I get it but I I just don't like that character very much you know like you see a character and you're like okay yeah it's played well but I just don't like it I know why <laughs> why is that it's his lips those dang crusty lips. You hate crusty <laughs> lips. I do hate that, and that is a thing in this movie. That, like, <laughs> when they spray it, and they're like, oh, shiny and chrome. And you just have to look at their lips like that the rest of the movie. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just like, that That just makes me, ugh. it's like things, bugs crawling on me, you know? <laughs> but, like, the, the character is played good. The actor does good. I, I get it. I just don't like that character. Like, I just don't. And I don't want to see him on screen, you know? Give me more Max. Give me more Furiosa. I think he's real interesting. And I mean, he's not... Compared to the other two, he's not in it as much as they are. But it's, it's cool seeing how he changes from this berserker-type Viking guy going out to help um, Max, Furiosa, and the wives go and take down Immortan Joe and everything. You get to see him renounce his religion, essentially, when it, he's shown that what he believes is incorrect. I, I find that really interesting. It's like they didn't have to do that for, for his character in this. They could have just killed him off super easily, but they gave him more depth, and it doesn't like take away anything from the movie. I don't know. I think they could cut him and cut the movie down by, you know, 20 minutes with his character not in there. Or maybe cut that character and cut the movie like 15 minutes and give us more time with Furiosa and Max. I want less time with Furiosa and Max. Give me War War Boy. Anything but those two hanging out. They were pretty crazy. Pretty fun. I did feel bad for him when he got 
Like the big, big old thumbs down from a Morton Joe. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> he was so excited. <laughs> Witness me. Go forth. And he's like, go. And he just falls off the track. <laughs> Mediocre. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> Iconic line right there. I'd, I'd forgotten that that was in this movie. But he said, Mediocre. Like everything. We said that for like years after we saw this movie in theaters. I still say that. What are you talking about? And you can't forget the iconic witness me. There's some great lines in here. It's oh man, I I love it. N- Nux is he's he's an interesting. I I find him really interesting. And then you also have the added thing of he's gonna die from like his cancer he's got from the apocalypse too. So that's playing into everything with his character and what most of the other people do. And the whole thing that he's being kept alive because they're going and getting people and using them as blood bags for them. It's just crazy. But it's its cool and it's unique. You don't see stuff like that very often. Yeah, I do like the like world building for this as well. It's an interesting take on, I guess, apocal- post-apocalyptic world. And I was reading the trivia, like George Miller was saying he wanted to have a different colorization and color scheme than all the other post-apocalyptic world stuff. So there's like a lot of, uh, well, not a lot of scenes because most of the scenes are in the desert. But like there's a few scenes before they leave where they have all the plants and stuff and they have the water scenes and that kind of stuff. Well, and it's super vibrant too. Like, yeah, it's super uh, colorful, which is kind of cool. I really like that about it. Like, the look of it. It stands out really nice against the desert and stuff. The color grading they chose for this is just, it's it's awesome. Especially if you watch the special features and you see what everything actually looked like. It just makes it even more impressive in the actual film that they make it look so cool and so nice. I know they released like a black and white version, but honestly, I don't even know if like, how that would even help the movie because the color i think adds a ton like just to the vibe of the film and the look it seems weird that there's a black and white version i don't know i almost watched it yesterday i wish i would have because i've already seen the uh the original version of this twice i wish i would have watched the black and chrome but just to see you know get a different perspective on it because now to do that i would have to watch it again (laughs) (laughs) i'd be intrigued by the black and chrome i mean this movie is very vibrant, maybe even a touch juicy for me. There is a lot of color correcting all the time. And honestly, like, you know, for me, and this is just me, it almost kind of like hurts the practicality of things to me that they like shot this on site in the desert with real stuff. And then they were like, man, we're going to color correct this so hard that half the time it looks like CGI. I wouldn't say it's that bad. To to me, it looks like how I imagine the desert would look like. Because when you see what the actual desert looks like, it looks like crap. Which is kind of what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't I don't I wouldn't say it looks like CGI though. It's just it's just color grading. Like no dirt on earth is that red. Dirt in the post-apocalypse though, perhaps. Hmm. I don't know. It's just a bit much for me. I feel like it takes away from the practicality a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I mean, this is the same movie where you've got 
a dude with a flamethrower guitar on a doof wagon, they apparently call it, that has amplifiers out its butt stacked on top of each other, and it's got people banging on drums. And that's the whole point of that vehicle. I, I wouldn't say it feels out of place. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to really do it, really do it. <laughs> they did really do it. But then they changed all the colors of what they'd really done really heavily. I mean, that is some heavy color grading. It, it fits with the outlandish nature that every, they're going for with it. Which, I mean, like I'm saying, it's just my taste, you know? I mean, if you're going to be practical with a movie, maybe keep some practical color grading. It's just how I feel about things. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I, I really like the look of it, but... Right, I mean, like, thinking about, like, uh, you know, like, Mad Max 1, right? Like, I mean, there was still vibrant colors, you know? The first police car was, like, yellow. But, I mean, the desert was the usual gray, light brown, mild, light greenish, where there was still bits of plants. But, I mean, this is, like, Mars red in this one. To be honest, though, I feel like the first one and this one, I feel like they're in two totally different worlds, like... Like, the first one, like, society is still a thing. There's, like, normal people towns. There's, like, cops driving around. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if something happens in two and three that suddenly turns the entire world even worse, but, like, it's so different. It's just degrading as it goes on, basically, is the deal. So it's all swallowed up by the desert. Which, I mean, I like the world building of the Mad Max franchise as a whole. Like, even, you know, I mean, it's cool how society breaks down as the films go on. Which is why I feel like this one is a fourth installment, because it's like full on like everything broken down to having crazy stuff like that waterfall, where it defies all practicality and preservation of precious resources. <laughs> How dare you? They don't need the water. It's a addiction. Yeah, they don't need the water. How could we possibly waste as much water as efficiently as we can? <laughs> He's got to make a show of it, you know? He's a showman. And I thought this is coming off as a criticism, but I mean, being ultra wasteful like that is definitely a staple of Mad Max, and I'm all for <laughs> the waterfall. Don't misunderstand me. <laughs> it's funny, like, watching this movie reminds me of watching Star Wars in a way. This is so amazing. Like, the storytelling's so good. The characters are super solid. The action, I've never seen anything like this before. It, it, it's, it hits all those same beats for me. And it's really rare to get that, especially, like, when I'm an adult now and I've seen so many movies because it's my hobby. It, it's cool. And then you've got all the familial drama stuff going on, too. Not as strong as Star Wars, of course, but it's still there, so it hits me that same way, which is nice. Yeah, I think just my two biggest complaints, I think, is I think the pacing, yeah, it's just, it's just so much action. I really like it when, like, action movies have just at least a little time to breathe, and honestly, this one, there's a few moments, like the creepy, like, crow world, and um, when they're hanging out with the old people. Like, there's, there is some, but honestly, like, yeah, it just starts to get kind of overwhelming. It's just like with the, the first Raid movie, where it's just like, oh my god, like, my brain is starting to melt because I'm just, like, watching this, like, so, it's such, I don't know, it's so intensive, I guess, like, my, my brain gets, right, my brain gets, <laughs> starts to get worn out, and so it's just like, okay, okay, come on, let's just, you know, you gotta give me some breathe, breathing room here, and I, I don't know if there's enough of that in here for me, um, it just, it, it's all cool, but... 
Yeah, I don't know. It's just too much. And then the other thing is, yeah, I just don't like that. I get the whole theme of it, but it just kind of feels lame that they drive all the way to this place just to drive back. Yeah, it just feels like such a letdown to me that they drive all the way there and then they drive back. Like, that that just rubs me wrong in the story that it took them two hours to drive there and then just drive back. Ah, ah, an hour and a half. Yeah, it takes them 30 minutes to get back. (laughs) (laughs) They just had to go through so much to get there and then they find out, oh, there's nothing here. And they're like, oh, okay, well then let's just go back. So that that doesn't bug me too much because just when it hits you that the bog they went through was where she was trying to get to originally, you're like, oh, holy crap, <laughs> that's not good. And it's such an impactful point for Furiosa's character because that's her lowest low at that point. So it's like, okay, what's she going to do next? Because she's already been through hell basically to get him there and now she realizes that it was all for nothing so it's a it's a very big character moment for furiosa so that's why it doesn't bug me too much yeah i mean it's just the the, just the repetition of going back i don't know i just don't like that just yeah it feels like such a cop-out yeah to me i wouldn't say it's a cop-out because it was clearly intentional it just kind of seemed like they were like, well, where do we go from here? I mean, we can't let there ever be a happy moment in Mad Max because, you know, it's a universe of no heroes and no happy endings. But they were like, crap. They have a happy ending We promised 30 one. more minutes of movie to the studio. We gotta, come on, guys, put your heads together. Oh, no, it's not that bad. And then Tom Hardy comes in and goes, I know it sounds crazy, but what if we go back? But that's more words than he says in the movie. He kind of just points at the map and goes, (laughs) 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 point at the X. Man, he's talking by that point. He's not the animal anymore. He is talking. I do think he says, I know it's crazy, but we should go back. He says something like, if you go through that, the salt road or whatever, you're never going to find the end of it, which is like the ocean, I'm assuming. Like, if you go driving down that... You're never going to, like, you're just going to get lost and stuck there forever, so. Because they're on Australia, right? There's, like, a finite amount of desert to drive through before it becomes the Pacific Ocean. I never thought about that being the ocean. That's cool. That makes me like it even more. Yeah, that's a cool little detail. Every time I watch it, I pick up something new or learn something I didn't know the first time. Because the story, visual storytelling and stuff's just that good. There's so much to pick up on. But it, it, I mean, it's clearly intentional. They meant for him to go back. It's not a cop out or trying to pad out the movie. It, it feels cheap watching it. It feels cheap. And it's like, why? Why did you even go then, you know? Because they didn't know. They're like, we just got to get, or Furios is like, I got to get out of here because this guy stole me away as a child and basically forced me to do all this stuff. That I didn't want to do, but I'm doing it. Yeah, I get the character motivations to why they went, but when it act, when you actually watch it and see it, you're kind of like, oh my gosh. Like, I was like rolling my eyes when they did this in the theater. I was like, seriously, they're just going to go back? What's wrong with going back? Well, because the old gals are clearly surviving where they're at. Like, they've clearly gotten along for 20 plus years while Furiosa's been gone. 
Well, and they've also just shown up and doubled their numbers. So in an apocalypse, that's not a good thing. <laughs> they might not be able to sustain having twice as many people. Well, by the time they get back to the base, they've lost 80% of the group. True, true. But they all wanted to have that life back because all those old people, they grew up having the normal life and like having the green place with all the food and not having the want for anything and having water. So they're like, I'll take whatever chance I could get to get that back, even if it means dying so I don't have to stay out in this hellhole, essentially, in the desert. Yeah, I, I get that, and that makes sense. But for me, I think it would have been a lot better if they would have actually found something there. Maybe not the Greenlands. Maybe they found, like, this old town that had somewhat functioning well or something like that. Instead of them driving back and then seeing more car action chase scenes again, like when I just watched an hour and 30 minutes of that. That's the most intense action of the film, though. I mean, all the other stuff was pretty intense, too. Maybe implement that into them getting there and then show some different action. After, like, an hour and 30 minutes of straight car action, I'm kind of over car action. Even though it is super cool looking, it's super well done, it's amazing that they were able to do these stunts. Ugh, an hour and 40 minutes of that is, you know, it gets uh, repetitive and old for me. Like, show me something new. They almost did, and then it was a huge letdown. What? They have this big build-up for these old ladies, the first mothers or whatever, and they're like, one bullet, one man. And then they all get off, just get wiped out without even doing anything. They all put up a pretty good fight, honestly, I think. The one girl who says one bullet, one man gets one man, and then gets off, and then her young sidekick gets off without getting anybody. That sniper gets, like, five people at least. The one on the back of the truck might get a couple because she's with Max, but all the other ones get off without killing anybody. Nah, the ones on the motorcycle go and blow up, like, two vehicles, and then they just start shooting people. I was expecting a lot more out of that crew besides getting, like, five guys out of the boss's crew. They kill a ton of people at the end of the movie. They more than not. they do More than they do throughout the rest of the film. It's, like, five dudes, man. It's not... It's a, it was a huge letdown for me. I was like, what is even the deal here? Like, they have a huge buildup right up on the motorcycles looking all badass out of the desert. And then they just get offed by this guy and his war party. Oh, no, you're severely discounting it. I thought they were pretty tough old ladies, yeah. I'd say, for for me, they they spread the action and the type of action out a lot. Like, yeah, it's all car combat, but the the last 30 minutes of it, it's so much more intense because the stakes are even higher at that point. It's like the, the attack on the Death Star. It's like, it's a crazy idea, but if they pull it off, then it's going to be amazing. So you've got that added tension there of this is nuts. Can they do it? You've got the tension of your characters are all, well, they're dying really quickly now compared to the rest of the film. And you get a lot more hand-to-hand -hand combat. You get to see the guy with the guitar flamethrower start fighting people. I do like that guy a lot. Which was legit. And then... You get the big baby guy 
getting in there and actually fighting against Max and everything. It's like everybody's doing everything they can to get through this. And it's so intense. Yeah, see, it was like that for you. But for me, I was like, okay, we have another 30 minutes left of car combat in this movie. And I'm, I want to see something new at this point. Well, they do do new stuff with it. They do the, the polecats at the end there. But I'm just saying, we had like an hour straight of car combat before this. Why not put all that stuff in there before, up the stakes then, and then show us something new? After the 10th explosion in slow-mo, I was a little burned out on cars exploding in slow-mo. That last shot, though, was pretty legit, where they crashed the war rig and then the doof wagon, like, explodes over it. That was pretty legit. Yeah, like, none of us are saying this is filmed bad or it's bad fighting. We're just saying we're burned out of seeing car fights. I did play this video game, like, a couple years ago. I do wonder maybe if that impacted things, although you spend the whole game driving the Interceptor around, and I tell you, I could have gone for more of that in the action scenes. Ah, uh, that's why you're mad about the Interceptor. He's mad because Max had to blow up his Interceptor. Oh, you mean, <laughs> you know I love an American muscle, but man. That Interceptor is cool. They know it's cool too, the War Boys, that's why they stole it. Yeah. Oh, they make it all goofy looking. Man, I love when Max sees him dri like driving it. He's like, that's my car. <laughs> you know, that is a good scene. It's a pretty relatable scene because I was like, that's Max's car. And he's like, that's mine. It's like, what else are they going to take from me? They literally do take like everything. His jacket, his car, his blood. Like <laughs> Max is so funny in this. Like the only thing he wants is I want this stupid thing off of my freaking face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they do a pretty good job with, yeah, a lot of goofy stuff with Max, and I think it, it's pretty funny. His eye, like, yeah, I think he does pretty good emo like emoting through that mask and stuff, as you can tell, and he's like, what is going on? Yeah, everybody does such a good job emoting in this, because they, they, they don't talk for a lot of the films, so they've got to rely on their facial expressions and emotions to get it get the story and what they're feeling across and they do great like i mean charlie's theron's an awesome actor and so is uh, tom hardy and they just prove it even more in this one why they're so good and they are so versatile in this yeah i was reading in the trivia too that uh tom hardy and uh charlie's theron were like mad at uh george miller because he like didn't tell them everything about how he was making this movie. He just wanted them to come up, come in and sh do the thing. And they were like, but why are we doing it this way? What's going on? And they didn't know until they actually watched it. And they were like, oh, okay. Yeah, he pulled it off. <laughs> and Tom Hardy was like, I had to call him and apologize because I was kind of being a jerk to him. And I didn't realize he had a vision behind all of this. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what um, Hardy was saying in the behind the scenes. He's like, I came to realize I just got to do exactly what uh, George told me to do. Just do it exactly like he said and that it would work because George has got the whole thing in his head and knows exactly what he's doing and what he needs, so... You know, I know I've I've ragged on this a lot, but I could see this becoming like Tom Hardy's, like, you know, like Keanu Reeves as to John Wick. I could see Hardy becoming Mad Max. 
Yeah, I think he's a good fit. I do think, as much as I dislike the character and the way it was written in this one, I do see Tom Hardy as a really solid replacement for Mel Gibson. He needs something like that. I want to see him in a franchise where he sticks around, because I really like him as an actor. I mean, we got Venom, so I mean, maybe we'll get Venom too eventually. Yeah, Venom is of questionable quality, though. <laughs> ah, one of the greats out there, if I do say so. <laughs> I don't know about that. One of the not-so-greats, maybe, but... I'd be happy to see him back as Mad Max again. I think that'd be cool. That'd be dumb not to make another movie, honestly. Like, the mass majority of people have, like, absolutely adored this film. Like, I don't know why they wouldn't make another one. I I mean, one of the reasons I like this so much is it's a standalone film. It doesn't need anything else. They perfectly captured what they were going for with this. It's not a sequel. Well, at least to me, I haven't seen any of the other Mad Maxes, by the way. This is the only one I've seen. They don't sequel bait or anything in this one. It's just this standalone story of what happens in this family squabble with Furiosa and everything. And that's that's what I liked about it. I'd be worried that if they tried to do sequels and stuff, it's going to fall prey to all the crap that comes with that, you know? Yeah, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Fox, but, like, isn't, like, all the old ones kind of their own thing, too? Like, they're, like, maybe loosely connected, but he kind of just... Yeah, it's kind of like Conan. He's, like, a wanderer in the desert, and, like, there's these mystical adventures that happen, but they're kind of, like, progressing. Like, you assume the next one happens at some point in time after the previous one, which is, like, society, like, slowly breaks down. I mean, like I said earlier, this one is the full-on, everything's gone, degraded. Yeah, so they they could still do like the one-off method. Just have Max as the wanderer. He he's walked into another weird situation and gets himself caught up in it, like 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 Lone Wolf and Cub, but but just Lone Wolf. I assume George Miller would do it again. Oh yeah, I bet he would too. I mean, he already's going to. He's going to do the Furiosa movie or prequel or whatever. So I mean, that could come with its own issues for being a prequel movie, which has me worried. I'd. I'd much rather they just tell a different story. This is one of the only like examples we have of a good standalone movie anymore in recent times. And it, it feels like I, I don't want it spoiled. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, I guess I, I decided I wasn't aware yeah, earlier about that thing you said, but it does feel a little jarring in the context, I guess, of Mad Max movies where you assume that the next one comes at some point in time after. This one is kind of hard to place. I don't know. Yeah, it feels weird. But I mean, I'm I'm intrigued to see what they do. I'm intrigued by Furiosa and if they can build on the world outside of Max's eyes. Honestly, I gotta say, I enjoy almost everybody besides Max in this one. Yeah, I like most of the characters for the most part. I don't... The wives are okay. Um, Some of their lines are a little weird, and I guess that's probably because they're so secluded and out of touch with everything, I would guess, but... Yep, that's exactly what Miller said in the, like, behind the scenes. He's like, I wanted them to feel that way because they've been cooped up like that this whole time. They've only had each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get the reasoning by it, but it's also, I don't know, it just felt weird to me. Like, it just didn't, it didn't work quite right. They're, obvi- they're obviously not as well-developed as the other characters, but, I mean, they all have their distinct personalities and stuff like that, and then 
they get character changes and they even go through many arcs in this so it's like even the characters who aren't the main focus they all have backstories and they all inhabit their characters really well and go through a change which is nice to see i'm okay with the wives they got a solid cast in this it's great everybody does good and everybody has solid store backstories and stuff too it's great but um i mean we we can't not talk about the music in this. It's so integral to the movie. We got to bring it up. You might have to help me out on this one. I, I do not remember much of it besides the guitar guys like epic blaring noises. It's very percussive. The yeah, it's very driving that force throughout the movie. It, it's so integral and it's so cool. Like the music being played, they... It's part of the world and stuff with the, with the, <laughs> the doof wagon. I don't know why they call it that <laughs> with them playing the music essentially. And then it's so like ominous too, when it's just doing the boom, it's almost Jaws feeling at times, like when they're getting chased or, um, one of the characters has a revelation and things like that. So I was watching this with subtitles on. And when the guitar dude's just playing, it has the, like, in brackets, it said something like, thrashing intensifies, or <laughs> thrashing continues, <laughs> when it was just the guitar dude playing. Yeah, the music's good. I can't, like, think of any standout things, like, uh, with Harry Potter or Star Wars or those kind of uh, scores, but it is good, and it does uh, match what's going on in the movie. Hmm, well, we ready for some overall presentation? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So we got a scale around here that we use to rate these movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little summary about what we think of the movie, and then we try to average our scale out at the end, if we can. But, you know, it's not an easily averageable scale, so we'll try our best. But, you know, this movie did have me kind of thinking about this time. Uh, me and a few friends, we went out to... To do a nice road trip, you know, just relax, go drive it across the country, see some sights, you know, listen to some cool music. So we're driving there, we're driving, and it it takes us a, a while to get there, um, but we reach the front door, and we, we show the place, like, our, our tickets, our reservations, um, and they're like, wait a second, we had a, a, a plus one on your, your party here. Um, you can't come in yet. We We need this other guy to go first who l let me look at my my <laughs> guest list here and he read it he's like yep yep we're gonna need mike to go first so we had to pack up all our stuff we had to drive back home <laughs> and pick up mike <laughs> so you know how much i like it when they drive back right <laughs> when we drive back so in the spirit of that i think you know mike maybe you should go first this time so yeah, this is the third time I've seen this movie, and like I've said before, I like the way this movie looks. It looks really cool. The stunts are awesome. I love the the outfits, the get-ups, all that stuff is superb in this movie. I don't know what exactly, you know, puts me off of this movie, whereas so many people, like, love this a lot, and I'm just kind of like, eh, it's okay. I think it's like... 
there's too much car action for me. I kind of wanted to see them do something else instead of just car action for the whole movie. But it is really, really, really well done car action. And it's cool that they like filmed all this stuff with the effects. Those are the actual people doing this. I'm going to give this one a watch it. I don't think I would buy it. But yeah, it is worth a watch. A lot of people really love this movie. And, you know, you could have the experience like Dan has where it's like watching Star Wars again, you know? So it, it is worth a watch for all the cool stuff in it. Yeah, I agree with a lot of the stuff you laid out there, Mad Mike. Like I said at the beginning, you know, I wasn't underwhelmed by any means, but I certainly wasn't overwhelmed. I'm just whelmed, you know. I think, I think this one got a little hyped up for me. I was, you know, it was fine. It was fine after watching it. I, I do feel like the plot is pretty weak on the whole. The car action is tight, but I mean, after seeing 10, 12 cars explode in slow-mo, I get a little burned out on it. And this just feels kind of like weird for the overall Mad Max franchise. Like it's, it's not a reboot, but it is a revitalization without acknowledging anything else that's happened. I mean, it's easily a watch, right? You should watch this at least once. Like, I watched it. I'm glad I watched it, you know? Glad I know what's up. There were definitely some cool stunts. One even got a verbal reaction out of me, which is a pretty big deal in Foxland, let me tell you. I don't know if it's a buy, though. I don't know if I would necessarily need to watch this one again, although I'm probably gonna go and rewatch the original trilogy again, so... Take that for what it's worth. There's a lot of merits here, but somehow it just... There were some things that rubbed me a little wrong, but an easy watch from Fox. Yeah, I think, you know, the action's the the center point of this movie, and it, it's all really cool. Um, my main issue is that maybe there's not enough, like, time to breathe. My brain just kind of gets overloaded. I get a little fatigued, and, you know, I think this movie might just be just a little too long for me. But, you know, overall, I think it is good. I even liked it slightly better than I did the last time I watched it, um, which is good. But I think I'm just going to give it a watch it still, you know, it, it's cool. It's cool to watch. But also, yeah, I just once I'm about like an hour in, I'm kind of starting to be like, oh, all right. You know, I'm, I, I think I've seen what this movie's doing and it's cool, but I could use, yeah, either a break or some variety. So I'll just give it a watch. So there's a phrase I always bring up when we discuss this movie. And that phrase is all killer, no filler. And that, I think, perfectly describes this movie. They get... It, it's superb action. One of the best action movies I've ever seen. For me, this is up there with The Raid 2 and The Matrix, right? Those are like the two pinnacles of action movies. And then you've got Mad Max Fury Road that comes along as well. And it's like, hey, we, we can join in on this club. Because I've never seen action like this before. And it is so impressive what they were able to pull off in this. Like, you'll never see anything like it outside of this movie. And it's worth watching just for that alone. But that's not all that this movie has going for it. This movie's got a solid story and a lot of solid characters going on um, with it. There's a lot of stuff going in the background that maybe isn't apparent at first, but it's all there throughout, like, 
how people talk, the environments, how they dress, just what they do and how they act in this film. It's almost as impressive as the action and how well they're able to get the story across when most of the time they're just fighting people. I've got no negatives with this at all. I can't think of a single thing I dislike in this movie. So it, it's definite buy it for me. This is one of the best movies I've ever seen and one of my favorites as well. Hey, well, there you have it. I watch it. And a very strong buy from Dan. <laughs> yes. It's starting to sound like maybe 2020's uh, nomination for best movie of the year <laughs> might just be Mad Max again. <laughs> He's seen it twice this year. I have watched it twice this year. Well, what's coming up? Who's got the next uh, pick? Who's who's treating themselves next? Well, you know, I was talking about some foreshadowing earlier. What with the... Uh the team who did the big short and vice has been on my list since it came out another one that i somehow missed due to perfect storm circumstances i think yeah i missed that one too i kind of wanted to see that it's got christian bale yeah as dick cheney that's what i mostly want to see i gotta say <laughs> yeah me too it looked like it's gonna be a hoot but you know in the meantime, if any of you listeners out there, you know, you want to let us know your love and your enjoyment of Mad Max, if you kind of feel less or so, let us know. Either way, we want to hear your thoughts and feelings about the movie. So hit us up about Mad Max. Um, let us know any like movie recommendations, anything like that, too. We want to hear them. So hit us up. We got a Facebook. We got a Twitter at Run The Real. Or you could even email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us about your first viewing of Mad Max. Yeah. Did it blow you away or not? All right. Well, thanks for listening to us tonight, everybody. We really appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next week for some Vice action. This is Run The Real, signing off. Yes, it feels so anticlimactic in... Um, I said that wrong too, didn't I? Uh, yes, it feels so anticlimactic. I can't even say. <laughs> Man, you're a delight. Say it however you damn well want to say. It's it. Mad Max. They say things how they want. Yeah. Yes, it feels. You don't yeah, need a wordy word book. Uh, Get oh in there. Just whenever you're ready, go ahead and say it again with power okay, okay. this time. I, I'm just gonna say something else here. Mediocre. <laughs> yeah, me mediocre. <laughs>